What's up, you beauties? Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio, episode 23, season 5. My name's Jim Igalone, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith from his car for the, at least the first part of the show, CarCast. That's dedication right there, boys and girls. Take note. And boy wonder, Mr. Travis Ballinghoff. If you are not listening to the episode live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. If you are watching live, please make sure to say hello in the comments. And if you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, be sure to do so. Here is the URL. It's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Flyers HW. If you want to check out our site and maybe buy some merch while you listen to the show, you can head on over to hwhockey.net or find all of our social media links in one place at who.b forward slash hwhockey.net. That's h-o-o.be forward slash hwhockey. Uh, okay, ladies and gents. So let me paint a picture here, guys, to catch everybody up just in case you know they actually had a life over the weekend and didn't watch every Flyers game. So, Flyers, after gaining points in seven straight games, have now lost three straight games. But once again, it's not for lack of trying. <laughs> Flyers fell to Pittsburgh for the third and final time this season. Uh, and some of that bad luck, or good luck, depending on how you're rooting for the team this year, uh, crept back up on the Flyers. As if you watch the game, this was probably one of the weirdest goals that I've actually ever seen, let alone this season, as Ricard Raquel uh, fired a shot. Over the goal, right? I don't think it was deflected. Did you guys see this? Was was this shot deflected? I know it bounced off the boards behind uh, Felix. Or I'm sorry. Was it Sam Erson uh, against uh, the Penguins? Mm-hmm. Bounced off the boards, hit him in the back, and went into the net. Now, I've seen this in, like, bloopers and stuff, but never, like, I don't, I can't recall, like, during a Flyers game. I mean, it was something crazy. So, uh, a little bit of that bad luck creeping back up. Or like I said, good luck, depending on which way you're rooting for the Flyers this year. Uh, but long story short, Flyers fall 4-2 to two to the, the hated Penguins. Uh, the bright spot, you know, maybe Travis Konechny scoring his 29th goal of the season. That's now two goals in two games since he's come back. Uh, Flyers also played Buffalo Saturday night. Uh, long story short, because it was not a – I don't think it was a very good game to watch. Morgan Frost. Scored twice, goals 17 and 18 on the season. And, of course, the game from last Thursday. Did you guys watch this one where the Flyers were outshot thoroughly? And you, you kind of had this feeling the entire game, right, that, all right, 4-2, to 4-3. to three. Like, the Ottawa could never really put – if they would have got to 5-1, then I would have been like, all right, this game's out of reach. Flyers slowly crept back in. I think Owen Tippett ended up tying that game late. And some of that bad luck showed up once again. Uh, as, as Felix Sandstrom kind of handed the game to Tim Stutzla and the Senators in overtime. But, uh, I mean, let's – so, of these three games, guys, obviously, Flyers go 0-2-1. Uh, they, they helped their chances in regards to draft positioning because they didn't pass teams that they were gaining ground on. But, you know, it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion now that they're not going to finish any lower than – at, at the very least, six. Uh, are there any positives to take away from a game uh, from a stretch like this, Trav? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Morgan Frost is on an absolute tear right now. Um, playing against his last name. Last name. He's not cold. He's not frosty. He's hot. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, 
Felix, I think, has actually played decent. I know he handed that game away the other night in overtime. Uh, maybe he's tanking for Bedard. I'm sure Jack would like that. But uh, I think he's played okay. Definitely better than he played at the beginning of the year in my eyes. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't think there's too many positives. It's a shame they didn't lose a couple more of them games in that little streak they had when you're looking at the grand scheme of things. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Jack? Uh, I'm definitely inclined to agree. Uh, Flyers finally understand the assignment. Too little, too late. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Sandstrom especially. However, if you're going to look at anything this season based on us being pretty much set with the seventh pick and whatever happens there, I want to see the young guys, you know, do their thing as we discussed last week. And I want to see Konechny hit 30 goals because I don't want to see this narrative come around again, whether he can do it or not. With all the time he missed this year, it was a foregone conclusion. He was going to hit it. Just hit it. We'll move on, on to the next thing. And end of the day, I'm glad they haven't fallen any further back. Um, so it, I'll just take it for what it is. The one thing I will say is when this team, when they've gotten down three, four goals, it dead in the water before the half the game was over. This team, it's like never say die. And if they can carry that into next season when they actually try to make things matter and they do start to add to this team down the road and make it matter, I'm going to want that aspect from this team is we're never out of a game to come back and tie Ottawa the way it was was like geez any other team would have just or any other Flyers team I should say would have just rolled over and let them have it but the fact that they stay in these games and they don't want to give up that's something we haven't seen the this team probably since like 2012. I still have fun watching them even even the game against Ottawa where it was like what that? What is going on? I think they were outshot like forty to fifteen at one point in regulation, and you know what? I was still. I didn't find myself disgusted. I should have been probably, uh, but I could still watch them, and you could still, you could still. At least I had the feeling like, all right, well, they could still come back in this game, which was it was a weird feeling. I'm not sure why I had that. It just. It was. I, I liked feeling that way, to tell you the truth, because in years, it, it, the last two seasons, they're getting outshot 45-15. That game's way over. Like, you're done watching, uh, like, at the first you, – you're done watching, like, at the end of that first period. The, the team's done. Um, so it's it, – I thought it was interesting that I felt that they could still come back in that game, and I wanted to see them come back. You know what I mean? If there's anything that can carry over into next season in the seasons to follow besides the young guys doing their thing, it's, th it's that attitude. It's that we're not out of it until it's over because yeah. that is – especially against division rivals. That is one thing this team, the second they're like, oh, we gave up two goals in the first. Everybody, you know, let's call it a night. You know, like uh, as much as we knew they were out of the playoffs that season, those seasons, you still don't want to get embarrassed by your rivals. You don't want to be losing nine to one, eight to three to the Rangers. Like it, you can't let that happen. You set a precedent. There used to be a point in hockey, at least in Philly, where okay, we're going to lose this game, but once you outscore us by too much, heads will roll. And <laughs> I miss that. Like I, I do, and the, I've come to appreciate the Delorier signing even more because of it. Just one example, uh, and I, I do like that they're not going to roll over like they would in the past, and that that is a culture change right there. For sure. And it's like 
I don't know. This, it just feels like whatever changed happened this year, I think it's here to stay. And we talked about this in the beginning of the season, right? Like the hardest thing to do, the hardest job to do was, was change the culture. I mean, the easiest way to do it would just be winning, but you would still have some of that, that like bad juju or, or bad, uh, whatever you want to call it, lingering. Like all winning does is mask that kind of stuff. They chose to do it the hard way, you know, change attitudes, change, you know, um, perspectives. You know, it's, it's hard to inspire a group of losers and not, not, and it's only in the sense that the team's, they've been losers the last bunch of seasons. You know, how do you change that? How do you fix that? Sure. The easy way is, all right, well, you start swapping out players and that's, that's some of that's still going to be happening, but you, you find a group of guys that you get to believe in what you're doing and that spreads and that's hard to do. And I, I believe they did that this year, which gets me excited. I want to root for them. Uh, I want to root for Tortorella. I want to root for the, for the Noah Cates of the world who, who I never considered him even a guy that could be on this team next season. And apparently he's a core guy, which is, it's cool to see. It's fun to me. That stuff's fun. You know, it's watching guys grow and people surprise you. And all of a sudden, maybe there is a core here. Maybe Morgan Frost is a player, which is funny because I traded him at the deadline in fantasy in, in dynasty. <laughs> oh, oh, and man. now he's starting to come around 18 goals. He's going <laughs> to with, with six games left. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, Trav, is Morgan Frost a 20 goal scorer by the end of the, of the, of the season? Yes. Can't, I think he'll right. get a couple. Yeah. I think Jack, we'll get at least think? two. Yeah. Jack, you think uh, Morgan Frost hits 20? I don't see why not. He, you know, he can score two in a game. He can come down to the last game, and if he scored two, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm going to take all the credit for it because if I still had him. <laughs> That's why you traded him. You're so confident. And so <laughs> I, I trade Frost, and I cut Farabee, and what do you know? Hmm. I'm, I'm out of the playoffs, and they're both on fire. It's no coincidence that I am the Flyers' <laughs> jinx. Um, I should go back and see if I have any playoffs. What's that? Too many flyers on your team to make the playoffs. though, Jim. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Guy who, uh, uh, guy who won our league had D'Angelo connect me and Frost. Wow. (laughs) How did you make out travel? You were, you were in a a close match. Yeah. I lost in the semis. Mm, That's tough, man. He made it one. I think he made it one round further than me and Jack. We both lost in first round, I think. Yeah. So, I'm just yeah. happy to be there. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so was I. Um, all right, guys. So we're about uh, a little bit over 11 minutes in here. I want to cover some of our topics before we do have our guest on. Uh, if you didn't read the name of the show, uh, Mr. Mike Brodzinski will be joining us, the father of Bryce, Mike, and Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, a lot to talk about. I'm excited to... We haven't had a dad of any of the players on our show, so this will be a first for us. Uh, and it's a great time to be at Brodzinski right now. There's a lot to get to. We're going to talk about it in just a little bit. Uh, he'll be joining us in about oh, 15, 20 minutes. So if you're if you're watching live, stick around. Um, if you're not, go get a beer, eat dinner, and come back. We'll be here. Um, all right, guys. So, yeah, we talked about some positives from the, the last couple games there. Um, we talked to Morgan Frost. Uh, scored, you know, it's a second two goal game, I think in a week, which I think that's pretty significant for Frost who, you know, I've always thought of him as, all right, this guy's going to be a pass first guy. 
if he gets the confidence where, you know, if he gets a taste for goal scoring, I wonder if he's a 20, 25 goal guy. And even if he puts up just 35 assists, that's, that's really good play from if he's going to be a second line guy, that's second line center numbers right there. We were talking, I think last week, can he be a third line guy, third line center? If he could put up 20, 25 goals, that's second line center right there, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, if you're scoring like that, you can play whatever the hell you want almost. I, I don't expect that, but it is nice to see the confidence just oozing from him, which is definitely something we have not seen in the past. So if he can just keep this going, roll, the main thing is rolling this into next season, not doing this just at the end of a, a, a foregone season, which we've seen a couple of guys do that. That's why I'm a little nervous. I, I, nervous isn't the right word. I, I just feel like I'm uh, pessimistic a bit, uh, but rightfully so based on what we've seen the team overall, but from a player perspective, there's no reason to think that give him more time and with the confidence he's showing now, he can't start the season rolling this way next year. There's no reason to think that. It's never been a talent issue with him or a skill issue with him. It's always just kind of, is he always there a hundred percent of the night, a hundred percent of the time, which in the past it hasn't been. Um, I think we talked a little bit uh, maybe last week. I don't really remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, but it he, he goes through these these valleys in his game where you just you don't notice them sometimes. And there's other times where it really hasn't been an issue this year, but in the past he wasn't always moving his feet. And if he was able to fix those two things, there really isn't a reason why this guy can't be an elite player in this league when you just look at the raw skill and talent. So it looks like he's putting everything together right now. It's, I think it's happening before our eyes. And I'm excited for that because I was a little bit skeptical, right? I'm, I'm one of the guys who I'm like, yeah, I still can't pencil Morgan Frost in for second, third line guy. I can't pencil him in for, you know, a two, three-year contract extension. This is how I am. You can, you can have some holes in your game. But if you're going to be scoring goals, I'll take the goals, right? If if you're going to be a, a four, like, like, let's say, like, like a Jake Voracek, you're going to score 10 goals a season with 40, 50 assists, the rest of your game better be pretty good. This is just my opinion, just because I, you know, some people don't like this, but I, I'll value goals more than I do assists. If a, if a guy can create on his own, like, like Morgan Frost's game winner against I think it was Montreal. I think they were up 2-1. He made it 3-1, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, yeah, I think he it was made a, it 2-1. Did he make it 2-1? You're right. Okay. So it was kind of a, a rush the other way. And he said it himself. He was thinking past the entire time. And last minute, he, you know, he went for the shot. He went for the kill. I'll, I'll take that all day over a past first uh, player. I, I will. Um, it's just how I, you know I value a player that can score goals more than I do than a, a player that, you know, is pass first um, say whatever you want about that. But I think I'll take goals and a couple holes in your game. Goals make up for the holes <laughs> in my opinion. So I heard that before you heard about, you heard that before. I know. I never heard that one before. Uh, it's just, that's just me. Um, but <laughs> I like I'm excited that. for that. Um, and then another player who 
came back from injury. Travis Konechny now has 29 goals in just 54 games. Picked back up right where he left off. 56 points in 54 games with six games remaining. Uh, who did I pose that first question to? Is it you, Trav? Let me ask Jack this time. Jack, does Travis Konechny finish the season as a point-per-game player? Say that again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Does <laughs> Travis Konechny finish this season as a point-per-game player? I'm going to say Six games yeah. left. Yes. Why not? I love it. <laughs> now the optimistic the show. Yeah, that's that remains to be seen. Maybe we'll see that in about four or five years. Four yeah, five I, I think unfortunately you might be right about that. Might, <laughs> I was gonna say nobody got that or for what? another team, but the point remains. Yeah, I mean, what more could you ask for a connecting this year? It's fortunate the injuries, but if it was gonna happen any year, it'd be this year because of where the team was supposed to finish. Yeah, for sure. Trav, your boy. You're a TK fan, are you? Big time. I think he gets it. Needs yeah. one goal to get 30. New career high already ever since he passed 24. That feels like forever ago. It's it's crazy how much time he's missed. Um, but as far as the point per game, yeah, he's got 56 and 54. So as long as he doesn't go in a drought here, I think he gets it easy, actually. I, I hope so, too. I mean, they have some some tougher games coming up, I think, this week. You know, I got their schedule in front of me here. So this week they have St. Louis. He, maybe he pots a couple there. Dallas is going to play the Flyers top in Dallas. Uh, and then the Islanders who are battling for a playoff position. Unfortunately, the Bruins on Easter. But if he does go through a, a small drought, he has the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> to round off the season uh, on the, the 11th and the 13th. Man, the, fly, the season's done already. There's... Just about one week left, boys. I, I could uh, see the Bruins kind of going NBA style, little load management here, a little yeah, bit. I hope so. For I mean, if that's great for guys like Connecting and Frost, but it's you know, it's if that's the game that's going to put them in sixth as, as opposed to seventh. Right. I don't know. Uh, Make sure you start Felix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, boys. So. We have about 20 minutes till our guest joins us. Let's get to uh, our next uh, couple topics here. So let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about John Tortorella watching the game from the press box. Did you guys see this? Mm -hmm. And my initial thought was, and I think everybody thought this initially was, or you know what? Let me ask you guys, Trev. When you heard John Tortorella was going to watch the game from the press box, what were your initial thoughts? I actually didn't really think it was that strange. I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. I just think he kind of wanted a different perspective. Yeah. Which I think is good because, I mean, I'm sure you're the same way. Like, we've watched games in the press box. We've watched games on TV, down low, in the corner, center ice. Like, you get a different perspective everywhere you watch a game at. So I, I actually really like the idea. I, I thought it was a positive thing too. I thought it was actually a little weird when I had first heard it. I'm like, this is the coach. It's still the regular season. Why is he watching it in the press box? You know, like that's kind of how my head kind of works a little bit. Now Jack's back. Let's ask Jack, but uh, like, okay. There he is, hey. handsome. All right, so we're talking Tortorella watching the game in the press box, Jack. And 
I want to know what you thought initially when you heard John Tortorella would be watching, I think it was the Ottawa game, in the press box, the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers not watching the game behind the bench. What were your first thoughts? I'm, I'm just being dead serious. I had, I had zero issues with it. Part of me kind of liked it. This is a kid who didn't have a lot of money, who grew up watching the game with a cement wall behind me, and I know everything. That bird's eye view is not a bad way to watch the game. When you're on the bench, sure, you're involved and all that, but when you watch from the GM perspective and you see little things and everything, I don't think it's perfect, but I don't have any issue with it. I don't want him doing it if they're like in a playoff race. But if you're at the end of the season here and there's there's nothing like you're not playing for anything, I mean, why not? You know, like if you see something maybe you don't think you'd see otherwise, why not try it? Try something different. I I just I don't understand why it bothers people. Um, I just feel like it's you're still watching the game, you're still watching the players. It's just a different perspective, a different view. And you give you let a different coach run the see what he has. Let him run the bench for a little bit and you know, see see something that you normally may not see. And when I see a coach like Tortorella, who's been around as long as he has, and he's spoken about how he's evolved with the game, where he was a little stubborn at first and realized he was wrong and evolved. I'm kind of for whatever the guy wants to do. Yeah. So interesting because I, I think we've all kind of we all kind of felt the same way when uh, we heard this. Like, all right, you know, he, there's a method to all of John Tortorella's madness here, and he wants to see the game from the you know from the press box. He wants to kind of hang out with Danny Briere and see what Briere's seeing, get on the same page, kind of thing. So he watched that one in Ottawa, definitely from the press box. Uh, I think from some accounts, he did not watch the game in the press box on Saturday night, unless you guys can tell me different. Cause I didn't watch that game Saturday night. I was <laughs> watching a queen cover band. Um, there was reports that said Tortorella was not in the press box, that he was watching the game from somewhere in Wells Fargo center. And it ended up, he, he came out and said he, he watched the game in the locker room on TV. Now hmm. I thought that was weird. Like, yeah, I don't okay. like that. That's very odd. That's either get behind the bench or get in the press. Why did you watch it on TV for? It made no sense to me. So, all right. So that's a little bit weird. And I think it ends up coming out that he chose not to watch the game in the press box. He So this is what John Tortorella called the press box. And I should have got the clip for the show. Ran out of time. He called the press box Answer Alley and said he did not want to watch a game up there. He said, uh, basically what he said was everything, uh, you know, everyone's got all the answers up there. Everyone's got all the solutions in the press box. And, you know, everyone thinks everything's so easy. And it was interesting because there was an account on Twitter who I would say 99.9 out of 100 times, I will, I will disagree with this person's takes. <laughs> I just... Just the worst hockey takes, uh, you know. I'm not going to put this handle out there. What's that? Do you have an at for us? No, nah, I'm not going to do it. It's not my <laughs> not my style. Put it but... in the doobly do down below. I want to see it. Yeah, I I I missed whatever you're talking about. I'll, I'll share it with you guys. <laughs> but in in this one tweet, this point one percent tweet, 
he said something to the tune of, you know, because Tortorella is a big proponent of, you know, if a guy's playing bad, put him in the box, let him see what he's doing wrong from the box, right? Right? Like, that's what he does, right? Mm -hmm. And so, in this case, Tortorella was in the box, and he said, you know, the game is, <laughs> it's it looks way too slow up there. It's not real, you know, as opposed to being down on the ice where things are actually fast and things move. And, you know, when I, I think his point was, so... I don't, I don't 100% disagree with the tweet, but it, it was, I think in general, right. I, I think, I also think that this person doesn't like John, John Tortorella. So, you know, keep that in mind because that's his perspective and that's where he comes from. Uh, but, you know, when you're at ice level, when you're in the game, sure, everything's fast because you're in the game. You're only seeing in the game as opposed when you're sitting up top, now you see every little detail. Yeah, it does look slow. You can see that this player should have eyes behind his head, you know, or you can see that this is happening over here, but how is this guy supposed to have any clue that that's going on? So I tried to look at both perspectives there, and uh, I don't think – I don't agree that Tortorella should have said that. I don't think he did himself any favors by saying that, uh, but that's kind of besides the point. To me, it, it told me that – he was in the press box, not necessarily against his will, but it wasn't his idea. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I kind of think maybe it was suggested to him, hey, watch the game up here with us. We want you to see what we're seeing. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's kind of what I took from what he said the other day. And I just man. don't think it's a black and white thing as, you know, if you watch it up here – uh, answer out. I think he was just venting a little bit. I don't think it, <laughs> everything should be like taken for you know face value. He's a coach. He's been watching the game from the bench for how long, you know? And in a lost season, he decides to take them up on their offer to watch from above and see what he sees. And he probably realized as a coach real quick that like, yeah, this isn't for me, you know. But what um, I go ahead. What I don't understand is. Like he does this, like it's known he likes doing this in the preseason. Like what, what did he, he just had like this epiphany right now rather than in the preseason or when he was in Columbus doing it in the preseason or New York or Tampa. Like he, he never thought this before. That's where I'm a little confused. Why does he like somebody? Why does he like somebody pissed him off? Yeah. It makes me think like, like how much was he really paying attention as paired to letting his assistant coach run the team. And, you know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for uh, from a team perspective? Or are you looking at certain players? And now you're in during, you're in the season. It's a lost season. So it's almost like it's preseason again, in a sense for next year, you know, and it's like, what are you really looking for? And then you bring up how he's watching on TV, which is set for fans. Like <laughs> that's not GMs or anything. That's fans. It's like, what are you going to see there? So I don't know. Is he just trying different things at this point? Like, you know, it's a, it, like I said, it's a lost season. Like if you're going to do this stuff, you don't do it next year. So I don't know what you're going to learn. I think anything being said from Tortorella right now should be taken with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely weird. Definitely don't remember hearing anything about anything like this before. Um, I'm going to try not to read too much into it, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to, you know how I am, Jack. Well, so this is a guy with an ego, right? I, I mean, he's got one of the – say what you want. I, I love John Tortorella. I think he's a super smart guy. 
but I also think he has an ego, you know, like any great coach, any great player would have. I think the ego is what fuels most great players, most great coaches. Um, so I think he went into the box. I don't know who was talking to him. I don't know who he's, you know, getting a direction from or, or whatever, but somebody pissed him off. I don't know who. Somebody pissed him off. And I think probably the plan was for him to watch the game. Again, this is speculation. Probably the plan was for him to watch the game against Buffalo in the press box or, or in the uh, GM box as well. And if John Twitterella and I are anything alike, I would go watch in the locker room as a big FU. Like, I'm not going to watch it with you guys because I don't want to have to hear your shit, you know? And the plan wasn't for me to coach behind the bench. I'm going to watch it in the locker room by myself, you know? This way I don't have to hear you, and I'm not going to be behind the bench. I'm going to watch it all on, my, all on my own, and I'll look for these things. You know, I'll take into consideration what they said the night before, you know? I'll watch the game by myself. I don't want to be bothered kind of thing, you know? And Maybe he finds out that he's wrong about some things. Maybe he, you know, further confirms that he's right about some things. I don't know. This is all complete speculation. Um, but that's if I'm going to try to read into some stuff, that's how I'm going to assume that things kind of happen here. There's something that went on Thursday night that Tortorella didn't appreciate or like, in my opinion. You know what, Jim? Um, I think I'm sold. When I think about how he. <laughs> how he would watch during the preseason, how he look, came into this organization, which is a pretty much a joke, you know, and we got certain people in the front office who are still here. And it's kind of like, I, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. It's like, what, what the hell are you seeing that I'm not seeing, you know, answer Ali. Why else would he say that? Who else would be talking to him? You really think he's going to talk about Breer like that? I'd be shocked. It's not the players really commentate. No, it's going to be the, the other people who are always around that uh, have helped drive this franchise into the ground. And when you brought up the FU is I'm going to watch it on TV, like a fan. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, if Tortorella is a uh, hothead to say the least, I can definitely right. see him doing something like that. And maybe, you know, we're supposed to be getting more changes at the end of the off season or beginning of the off season rather. So hopefully, it has something to do with that, I guess. But if you're calling, if you go up there and you've been up there before, like uh, Travis pointed out, and now you're saying, oh, it's answer alley. They got all the answers up there. Well, well, if we look at this front office before Tortorella. Who else would he be talking about? Like whatever they say, their, their way of doing things has been the way here for how long, no matter how bad things have gotten and not much has changed. I mean, I, I'm it's not weird. saying it's perfect. But it there if where there's smoke, there's fire. And after what you just said, I see a lot of smoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly blowing a little bit on there. Huh? I, I, mean, I, I sometimes you hear something, you hear it laid out, and you go, "Wow, it's kind of hard to punch holes in that." <laughs> I'm just now hearing about this, so I I apologize for my ignorance. I didn't watch uh, Saturday's game. I was at a wedding and partying all night. I, nice. I totally missed all this. So I'm trying to wrap my head around everything. And like, I hate the thing. I hate that he watched it in the locker room, but like he probably watches the telecast version mm. on the ride home. Or I guess it was a home game, but usually like the coaches will watch it on the plane, on the bus. Um, 
the TV version when they're on the road. So I don't know. Like you'd think the next day after practice, he goes and watches that. So it, it doesn't make any sense to me why he would go watch the TV version unless what you're saying is true. Well, that's that's where my mind goes because it uh-huh. doesn't make sense. There had to be something no that happened on Thursday, you know, where he became passive aggressive, right? Like I'm trying to – like he's got the Italian blood. He was probably offended in some way and said, you know what, F you. You pay me to be behind the bench. You asked me to come up there and watch a game with you Thursday night. Why? So all I can hear is, you know, how I'm doing everything wrong. How, how you, this, this guy, this guy, and this guy are, are doing everything right. No, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to watch the game by myself. So screw you guys. I, I just thought it was interesting. And, you know, it's uh, honestly, in, in, until right before we started the show, where we, you know, started kicking around topics for today, I didn't think much of it. But after I saw that tweet today, I was like, oh, there uh, could be something happening here. And, and maybe it's, hey, John, why don't you take a second and watch the game up here with us? Maybe you might be better suited as this position with us going forward. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because uh-huh. uh, think about this. Think about all the work that he put in this season, mentally, emotionally. You know, uh, and then somebody comes to you at the end of the year. Hey, this is how we're going to go with things. We have a couple positions open for you. Uh, open. Why don't you take one of these and we'll bring somebody else in to do this kind of stuff. Oh, again, just speculation. But what would piss him off to the point where he didn't want to watch a game up in the box with those guys? You know what I mean? It's just probably Barry Hanrahan. <laughs> it could be. I mean, not geez. just pissing him off, like pissing me off too. Are you serious? Like the one thing you did, the one thing you did right, you're gonna like fuck with? Uh, so- is, that, is that not the Flyers? Like, come on, I thought we were moving off in this crap. So no. everything it's this could all be speculation and I'm I'm pissing Jack off over here. I'm it's, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jack. Um we do have good news though, and I don't want to delay any further because uh this this man still participates, still plays hockey as a game tonight. Mr. Mike Brzezinski has joined the show. I think he's there. Uh Mike, are you there? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? There he is. Absolutely, we can hear you. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. It's uh, a pretty good week, a pretty good month to be a Brodzinski boy. Uh, your son Bryce scored a, a hat trick in the NCAA tournament first round, four goals, two assists in the regionals, takes Minnesota to the frozen four. And then just today, as we were uh, talking back and forth, your son Johnny was announced the AHL player of the month for March. I mean, talk about what it's like to be the father of, of these kids right now who are just uh, excelling at every aspect of hockey. Oh, it's pretty cool. You know, they, uh, you know, growing up, you know, so so you guys know I was born in Philly, so I, I did. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Part of the the, the Broad Street bullies, man. <laughs> I was <laughs> for Bobby Clark when I was growing up. So, um, no, but they we we moved to here when I was five. My dad moved us here. My dad was born and raised in Philly, and had a couple brothers, and you know, so we've gotten back a couple of times. When Michael, the second one, was in the Frozen Four, there we were we went and seen the old stomping grounds and and all that. But uh, you know just for Bryce to have the, the big weekend that he had. And, um, you know, he, it's been more of a team game at Minnesota this year. You know, it's sort of spread out, you know, the, the top line's pretty darn good with two freshmen and a sophomore on it. And then Bryce's line's got two seniors and a junior. And so it's, it's sort of spread out across the board there, but, uh, 
he's been playing good all year. Um, he's, uh, he's just looking forward to this weekend. And Johnny, that, like you said, that popped up this afternoon and, uh, Personally, I don't, I don't. I don't think he should be in that league. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I would agree. Every time he goes down, he tears it up, and then he goes up and he gets six to nine minutes and plays on the fourth line. You know, and it, obviously, you guys know you, you ain't putting up points if you ain't on the power play or you ain't on a penalty kill or you ain't out there. You, get, you ain't getting those four to five extra minutes a game. You know, goal, goal scorers are, are pretty streaky guys, and all my guys are goal scorers. Even with Michael, my second one, who's a D. Uh, he's down in Orlando. He's leading the team in scoring as a defenseman for the second year in a row. And, and, you know, it's just, it's all about opportunity, you know? So absolutely need a little better opportunity. It must've been a fun uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas this year with everyone having the years that they had, huh? Yeah. You know, with, uh, it's sort of weird story. I played two years at Minnesota and then I transferred to St. Cloud and uh, lucky enough, got to be the captain for Herbie when he was there. Um, and now I've had two of mine play at St. Cloud and two of them play at Minnesota. So it's uh, whenever we go outdoors and play, it's it's usually the two Gophers against the two Huskies. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Uh, so I did. I, hey, if, if if Johnny's not happy up in uh, Hartford or with the with the Rangers, I mean the Flyers will take a guy like that any day. You know. Yeah. Well, you never <laughs> know. What- Happen. He, I, I know he loves it though. He loves being the captain of Hartford. You know, it says when he's down there. You know, it is guys. Players just want to play. You know, they Absolutely. don't sit on the bench, especially when you're a goal scorer. And you know, you could be out there helping your team. And you know, especially if you're losing games or or whatever, and you know, you could be helping, and you, and you don't get the opportunity to help. I'm not saying he's not happy there. He's he's happy with Hartford. He loves the guys. He he, he really likes the coach down there. It was general manager. They, they, he really likes the organization. Um, you know, just a little bit better opportunity, I think, was is what he's hoping for anyway. And he works hard, boys. He uh, he's one of those kids that never skips a lift, never skips anything. And and uh, yeah, he's he just he, they love the game, and that that's that's the best part for me. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the prototypical John Tortorella guy. I mean, just get him <laughs> down here, get him to Philly. Um, so I want to talk about your youngest son, uh, Bryce. Bryce is your youngest, right? Do you have any more that we missed? Nope. None okay, I... yeah. Bryce is the young guy. <laughs> so he's having a hell of a year. He's, he's a senior at Minnesota. Uh, Frozen Four, obviously, a big weekend coming up. Yep. Uh, I assume you've, you've talked to him a bunch in the you know the last couple of weeks and whatnot. Uh, what's – I mean, is, how excited is he? I mean, the, the, the recent stretch that he just had, yep. I, I, I would assume has opened up some doors for the future. I, I mean, it, Flyers fans are now watching – your son, you know, watching Minnesota to watch, you know, your son. Um, yeah. Can you, can you talk about his, his attitude and, and where he's kind of at and how excited is he for it for, you know, the future now? He's got a great attitude. He's a, he's a total team player, you know, whatever he can do to, to help the team win, which is usually score goals is, is what he wants to do. And, um, but his attitude has been great. And uh, you know, they, a lot of people don't know the the behind the scenes story is he came in as a true freshman, you know, which I don't care what anybody says in this day and age, th- that's a tough thing to do unless, you know, like you're a Logan Cooley or <laughs> and Bryce was Mr. Hockey here in 2019, yeah. which is a great, great award. And, and it's, and well, he, did, he had 90, what, 97 points in 27 games when he, the USL before, played in 10 games and had 11 points came back, did that. And then he went back down for 10 and had 10 more points, you know, so 
they did, they elected to bring him right in. And, you know, me and Bob Motzko, we had a, we had a couple conversations about that and I lost, you know, I, I wanted to <laughs> go SHL just Bryce was a little bigger kid. He's six, two, he's about 224 pounds. Um, and some of that needed to rearrange on his body, you know, to, so he can sort of take off like he's been taken off. And I, I think it's finally there, you know, but with those kids that are, that are in his grade right now, you know, that's the other thing. A lot of people don't understand that first year that he was having a pretty good year, pretty good freshman year and three weeks left of the season and it got shut down, you know, then the next year they didn't even start playing hockey until January, you know, so they basically lost almost a full year of competition. And, Mm -hmm. and then last year, the parents couldn't get in until Christmas time, you know, so this is really his first year of, experience in the college hockey and you know North Dakota coming in and there being 12,000 people in the building screaming going nuts and the band's going and you know so this is really their their first year for that group so for that 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 the kids that came in with him to do what they're doing it's it's been pretty pretty uh remarkable Uh, are you up in Minnesota Mike yep yep we're sort of you you go to every game there when, when they're here, we try to, you obviously, uh, with Easton playing at St. Cloud for three of Bryce's four years, I, me and me and Kathy, mom had to, had to split, you know, and me playing for Herbie up there. I'm, I sort of bleed a little more red, <laughs> but so I, I sort of took the hour drive, uh, to St. Cloud most of the time, but yeah. we, uh, we use one of, one of the two of us is at all of his games here. That's awesome. I was I, curious I, why he chose to play in Minnesota. Well, he didn't really choose it. He sort of uh, he he was committed to the Huskies up at St. Cloud, um, and then his senior year when he committed, right at the end of his senior year, I, I was coaching the the U eighteen Minnesota Blades, and we'd always come out to uh, Pittsburgh and you know some of them tournaments and that, and and uh, we were playing Shattuck, uh, St. Mary here, and Bryce was having a pretty big game. We were beating him four one after one, and he had a couple goals and an assist and. And I was walking off the bench, and uh, the guy from Penn State goes, hey, hey, Mr. Brodzinski, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he goes, hey, just so you know, if Bryce wants to change his commitment, he can come out anytime he wants. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, he's going to St. Cloud, you know, and I, I didn't know nothing about it. Well, then next thing I know, the Michigan guy was lined up. There was seven or eight guys lined up at the door, and they all wanted to talk about Bryce. And I was, I was like, guys, what's going on? They go, you haven't heard. And I know I I I was on the bench. What's going on? And they're like, Bob took the, the, the Minnesota job. So Bryce was a Bob Motzko commit up at St. Cloud. So we got in the car after and sure enough, my phone was ringing and it was Bob. And I answered with a, you tore my heart out. <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I tore my own heart out, you know? So it was a tough decision for him, but it was a great career move for him and, and well, he deserved and, and he's, He's been one of my friends since I, I played at St. Cloud. He was uh, the student coach my senior year when I was there for with Herbie, and that's how he got his coach's start. Was uh, he was co- or Herbie's a uh, student coach that year? So that that's how I found out. So Bryce was actually supposed to be a Husky, but when Bob moved, Bob called him the, the day he made the the move to Minnesota. He called Bryce was his first call, and he told him he wanted him to come with him. So that's how it all happened. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, they almost uh, faced off in the second round. I think it was this year, correct? Uh, yeah, but it was Boston. Well, Boston it, University took out Cloud State. Yeah, so that'd have been a fun one. Yeah. Well, now we got. Um, so. Yeah, 
couple of Flyers prospects there. It's a battle of Flyers prospects with uh, Bryce against uh, Devin Kaplan and Jay O'Brien over there. Yeah, uh, do those guys talk? Yeah, you know, but Bryce has been to a few of their development camps. Um, you know, good and bad is we we heard Chuck was in about a month ago, and and now Chuck's not there now. <laughs> You know, so we we really haven't heard anything what's going on, and I don't think you I don't expect to until obviously the season's over now. You know, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know if 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 you can talk about this, but was there a, a plan for for Bryce to you know get to the Flyers this year? They were definitely in talking to him, Hextall, and you know there there's there's guys in talking to him and making sure he was doing the right things, and they 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 obviously told him he was playing the game the right way. And uh, they liked his development from last year to this year. And, you know, from development camp to development camp, they really liked his, his development so far. And he's actually slimmed down a little bit. I think he's, I think he lost like seven pounds, you know, since he's been a freshman, you know, and I think it went to other areas and it's, and it's muscle now instead of, you know, the. Well, you can definitely, he looks like a bull out there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely looks big and strong, which, uh, you know, these guys know. Those are the kind of guys I like to watch, the big and strong <laughs> guys. Um, yeah, I mean, what I mean, what a tournament so far for Bryce. Uh, let's talk yeah. about uh, Johnny a little bit. AHL Player of the Month. You, you, I mean, he should be in the NHL. There's an NHL team that could use a, a, a Johnny Brodzinski on their team. Uh, yeah. What um, have you talked to him today? I mean, what does that accomplishment mean to to your son Johnny? Yeah, he, he, he uh, you know, obviously mom texted him. I texted him. His wife's mom and dad both texted him. And it's awesome. Yeah, we, we have sort of a group text for grandparents. And then we have a group. We have, uh, sorry about that. It's okay. We have group text for uh, the family, you know, so all four boys and all their girlfriends and mom and dad. And, it's awesome. And all of them are sending them congratulations. And, you know, it's a it's a pretty big feat when Johnny went, when he got sent down, I, you know, it sort of happens year after year he comes up he plays really well and then it's you know hey let's uh we got to give this guy a chance or we got to give that guy a chance it's always johnny the guy going down you know yeah um but he 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 told me and this is one of the greatest lines one of my kids have ever said he he was going down and he goes you know what dad i I just like playing i like i like being the captain and he goes i'm gonna get these guys to the playoffs and when he went down they were so far out of the playoffs i thought that's a pretty lofty goal, Herb. You know, but but uh, I, I tell you, they're they're in the playoffs right now, you know, and they've made a pretty good run since he's been down there. So, and he's uh, he's it's really fun to watch, you know. But but when I watch it, it's almost like I'm watching Bantams or something because he, you know, and I don't want to say he's the greatest player in the world, but I tell you, he sticks out every shift. And every shift, he's the first four checker. He's the first back checker, you know. And, and sometimes he's playing wing, you know, where where he should be entering, you know, the zone a little later sometimes or, or getting back a little later because he's in deeper and, and he's always the first guy back, you know, and I watch him in the NHL. He's always the first four checker. He's always the first four back checker. Even when he, you know, there's sometimes he's, he's on the line with uh, the one night we were watching and, and they moved him up with uh, Trochuk and uh, Kreider. And uh, they scored like the first, first time he was on that line and i thought wow that line looks a little faster now you know <laughs> and uh because johnny's he's, he's pretty fast he i guess in the camp this year criders had sort of the run on uh on the uh, iron man you know fastest guy in camp strongest guy in camp and johnny's johnny beat him this year he beat you know it was good good news out of camp was that you know johnny had had 
taken the Ironman, like they, they do these drills where it's an uh, endurance, like far blue line, cross to the blue line, all the way down over the corner, all the way back, you know, and you got to do it four times and under a certain amount of time. And, and, and Kreider's like a specimen, you know, he's, uh, and Johnny, Johnny, uh, finally beat him by a few seconds. <laughs> and, and, uh, so that was, that was pretty good news coming out of camp. I thought for sure he was sticking and, and he went down and then came back up right away. And, you know, there's been some injuries, but now they're so close to the salary cap that they can't bring anybody up, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, they, they pretty, they loaded up there in New York. Uh, yeah. you know, unfortunately for Flyers fans, cause I mean, we have a reason, I guess, to root for the Rangers if your son gets called up, but otherwise yeah, you know, it's pretty, <laughs> it's tough for us <laughs> to root for New York, but uh, I'm looking over here and point per game player with the, with the Wolfpack going back three years now. Yeah. Well, even in, when he was in, in, uh, the weird part is that when he came out of college, he came out a year early and, and that's when I was sort of begging him to stay. Cause I always thought St. Cloud would win a national title with one of my boys there and his senior year, boy, I tell you, he would have had a chance at the Hobie Baker. He would have had a chance to, to win the national title that year. They had an unbelievable team and they ended up losing to Ferris state that year to get to the frozen four. And, uh, it was like a seven to six game. You know, I just think they needed one more gun and they could have done it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it killed me more than him, you know, cause he was signed, he was well on his way in his adult life and, and he was in LA, he was loving it. And, uh, but, but truth be told, it took him 19 games to score his first goal in the AHL. Oh, wow. And, uh, then after that, he sort of took off, you know, he sort of figured it out and figured out the speed and the, and sort of the, the physicalness part of it that, you know, the, you just, you have to, you know, college, you can get away with not finishing your checks pro. I don't care if it's in the AHL or NHL, you got to finish your checks. You know, you got to at least go through the hands and, and be a little bit more physical college. There's, there's, you know, you, you take penalties in college, you, you lose those games. And uh, I think Johnny only had seven or eight penalties in three years of college, you know? So it took him a little bit of time to get used to the physical and the board play. Cause when they, they brought him up, he was a wing. You know, in the last couple of years, also mysteriously, he's a center, <laughs> you know, but good as he can play both and he can play left wing too. So it doesn't really matter where you plug him in there. He, uh, he's always succeeded at that AHL level. And, you know, even sometimes when you watch some of his goals on the, in the NHL that he has scored, um, you're like, Holy Mac, what, what a shot, you know, or what a, you know, and it just needs a little bit more opportunity, I guess, to, to really yeah. get a spot and stick. Tell him to, uh, Give a call to Danny Briere. I mean, the Flyers draft players as centers and play them on the wing and, and vice versa all the time. So yeah. tell them to give, give Briere a call. Yes. Um, <laughs> one thing I did want to ask is what – obviously you did something right with these kids. What goes into raising three – not one, not two, but three professional hockey players? Well, hopefully it's four soon. So. Yeah. Is Easton, my third one, he's in the Rangers farm system. He's down in oh, Jacksonville. that's right. Yeah, he's down in Jacksonville right now. We're actually we're flying in Wednesday to uh Fort Myer and, and the Everblades rink is ten minutes from there, I guess. So we're gonna get to go see him on Wednesday and then uh, go to the Frozen Four on Thursday. But but you know, guys, it, it was it was pretty easy with the boys. You know, I always just told them don't disrespect the game. I'm more of an old school guy. Um, you know, every time you touch that ice, you gotta act like it's your last shift and and I always told him, and this is sort of crazy because everybody goes, you're nuts, you know, but I, I just said, hey, if you don't get a scoring chance every shift, that's a wasted shift, <laughs> you know, and uh, so they sort of prided themselves on that. And I tell you, 
if you think about it, if you think the game that way, you, you sort of can coach them in a different way. Like, you know, what should you have done to get a scoring chance there? And, you know, if the right play is to move it, move it. Cause you're going to get it back, you know, give it, give it up early to get it back late. And you're, you're the one getting the scoring chance, you know? So we always just taught them to don't disrespect the game, play the game the right way. And they were sort of lucky over here where we ended up in Blaine. We have eight rinks under one roof here. It's called the national sports center, the super rink, we call it. And, uh, you know, like Nick Bukestad, him and Johnny played with each other since they were five years old. You know, so it's there's been a ton of, of good players that they got to play with, too, that are where we could run a squirt practice like a peewee practice or we could run a peewee practice like a Bantam practice. And and not not just my boys, but all the kids around the area flourished, you know, and there's there's a, a ton of Division One kids that have come out of this little town of Blaine here in Minnesota. That's awesome. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you, you have a lot to be proud of. Um, you know, we're, we're rooting for Bryce here. Uh, Frozen Four coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, we know you're excited. We're excited. We actually have playoff hockey to watch uh, in Philadelphia. We're obviously watching your son. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if Jack, Trav, if you guys have any uh, questions before we let Mike run, he's got a hockey game to get to in a little bit. I got, I got one more for you. All right. So, like, growing up – when you guys are playing street hockey or hockey in the driveway or whatever, yeah. how would you decide who was going in net? Was it always Bryce? Cause he was the youngest. <laughs> Most of the time it was, I, I got a great story about that. So Bryce, Bryce decided, you know what, this is fun. I want to be that goalie. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, no way. My brother was a goalie. And I'm like, there's no way one of my kids is going to be a goalie. <laughs> and Bryce, but four years old playing was six and seven years old. And he was already scoring goals, you know? So, I was like, there's no way this is happening. So I went I went to the cage at Blaine, and we have a, a cage with a bunch of goalie equipment in there. So I got the worst equipment out of that cage <laughs> that I could find. And I took the boys. The, it's called Happy Acres here. We have three outside rinks with a huge skating pond. But Blaine Youth Hockey, we have nine pull tab sites. So we, we bought our own Zamboni and then donated it to the city. So the city runs a Zamboni once a day. So we got Bryce out there and this equipment, and I said, hey, Johnny, Michael I brought him over and I, I said hey guys make sure that you know, you're putting him on Bryce hit him in the ribs don't hit him in the neck or nothing just hit him in the ribs and he's got a really terrible <laughs> death protector on and came down a couple saves and he thought he was cool and Johnny came down and drilled him right in the ribs and down he went and all of a sudden he's like oh my god my dad wait 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 and I was like what what's wrong I go get up come on I go that happens to goalies every game let's go and boy I tell you he couldn't get that stuff off quick enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's phenomenal. Oh my God. It's genius. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get a goalie, which was good because I don't know if I could have handled that part. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually getting new pads every single year. Yeah. Expensive. Yeah. Got to be a little nuts to play goalie. Yeah. So I read, I had a, a hockey store growing up the boys in like Oh five, we started a, it's called hockey central here in Blaine and it's a big hockey store, 8,000 square feet. Well, pure hockey bought me out four years ago and I, I'm running it for them now. It's it's under pure hockey, but so the boys were always around the hockey stuff, and they always got to see the new stuff right away. And I, I never really got them the new stuff. We had a lease program, and whenever some nicer skates would come back, I'd say, "Hey, I got you a new pair of skates," and they were all fired up about it. So they never really got new skates till they were a senior in high school. But but uh, all the other ones that came back were still pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. awesome, Mike. Yeah. I, we would love to have you back on and hear more stories just like that. Obviously. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to be rooting for Bryce. Big weekend for for the yeah. boys, and uh, I, it would be, we'll be paying attention to Johnny now too. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. We know you got to run. 
Um, yep. So, yeah, well, good luck to Bryce. Good luck to you. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon because this was a lot of fun. That's right. Go Flyers. That's Go right. Flyers. Go Flyers. Thanks, Mike. All right, boys. Thanks, Take care, Mike. Mike. Thanks great. again. Yeah, you got it. All right, there he is, Papa Brodzinski. That was, that was awesome. I would love to hear more childhood stories. Unfortunately, we only had a, a very short amount of time with Mike for tonight, but I did want to get him on. So uh, maybe we can get him back on in the future. Maybe we'll be talking about a championship victory for, for Bryce. So pretty cool. You know, different perspective. Usually we, if we get a player on or we'll get a, you know, somebody from the media on, we actually got uh, the father of a Flyers prospect to come on. And so that was he, fun. It was, a little he bit was more pretty right good, home. man. Yeah. I could have kept listening to him talk. And it didn't even have to be stories. The way he was breaking down his son's playing time with where the team was at and the salary cap. I'm like, is he an insider or the father? Like, this is great. <laughs> you know what was cool is I did notice that he was born in Philadelphia. And before I could even ask him that, he made a point to let us know right away. And I, I would have liked to have known a little bit more about that. But, you know, uh, look out for part two of Mike Brodzinski on uh, HW Radio. So very cool to get him on. Uh, just about nine o'clock. Uh, did you want to touch on prospects real quick, guys, before we wrap up? I don't know if we sure. can beat Brodzinski, but we can try. <laughs> that's for that's for damn sure. So he, as we talked about, he's lighting it up in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think they face off against Boston University in the Frozen Four. So we'll be watching, you know, a, fl- a former seventh round pick for the Flyers, but another former seventh round pick for the Flyers, Alexis, or is it Alexis or Alexi? Alexi. Alexi. The, he's from Montreal, so he's got the French to him. Alexi Gendron. Trev, is that right? Uh, I'm not sure. Or is it Gendron? <laughs> I, I so can't pronounce it either. Let's go with Gendron. Kim's uh, not asking me for a reason because I, can yeah. American, I can't it, pronounce this it. This will probably be the case where you get it right, too, Jackie. You want to take a shot at it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if my phone wasn't dead, I want to read it before I just, you know. <laughs> All my right. phone died, so maybe next week. All I right. want another player on my team I've been building of messed up names. You could have one in the prospect pool, one with the Phantoms for this one. So anyways, Gendron, 55, uh, 55 goals this past season. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's in the QMJHL, but 55 goals is 55 goals. And he was traded, I think, midseason in December. He had 22 goals in 29 games for... Blaine, I, I can't pronounce the second word. It's like, uh, I'm not even going to try. But he was traded midway through the year. Scored 33 goals in 34 goal, uh, thirty-four games for the Gatineau Olympiques. Isn't that the team that Giroux played for when he was down there? So 33 goals, 34 games for a total of 55 goals on the season. I believe in just 63 games. Now, not going to blow this kid up. You know, not going to make a huge deal. But 55 goals, it's 55 goals, right, guys? You're talking about a seventh round pick. I'll take 25 goals. Like, <laughs> this is exactly what you want to hear. It's, it's a dart throw. So, yeah, and you see these kind of stats. It's like, wait, he was drafted where? Great. Like, see what happens, you know? I'm not going to pin all my hopes to him or anything, but when you're drafting that late, you're hoping you can – kind of like what, how Brzezinski was described. Like, you just kind of put it together – physically and mentally and you just learn and you put it all together. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where this guy probably should have went a lot earlier than he did. He just hadn't put it together yet. Not saying that's what happens, but these are like potentially some of those early signs. 
So yeah, it's exactly what I want to see with a guy drafted in the friggin' seventh round. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Does he turn out? Who knows? He was a seventh round pick. I mean, we've seen guys who were drafted higher than the seventh round, like Isaac Ratcliffe, score a lot of goals, never turned out. (laughs) Patty, yep. (laughs) Guys just don't turn out. But like you said, you take 55 goals from a seventh round pick any day of the week. Hopefully they can develop him and he can continue to work on his game. You get something. It's not you don't need a superstar. Maybe you get something. Did you guys just bring up Isaac Ratcliffe? That was all Travis. Oh yeah. Did, did he's doing pretty, we pretty that well down there in the box. Eight, Thirteen points in fourteen games with uh, Nash with the Milwaukee Admirals. I mean, we could talk about this. I think let's spend a couple minutes on this because I think well, this is interesting. What's interesting that they keep trying to turn all their high draft picks into checkers. See that that was going to be my thing. Like this this guy scored forty goals and fifty goals. Uh, now I'm forgetting the team. I think it was it wasn't the Kelowna Rockets. I always uh, want to say Kelowna. Guelph Guelph Storm. Guelph yeah, Storm. Yeah. So goal scoring machine. Everybody was excited for the what's the p word? The potential of <laughs> Isaac Radcliffe. I <laughs> couldn't think I of the word. It's, so, so we were like, okay, cool. Second round pick. This guy can score goals. We have a goal scorer. What do the Flyers do for whatever reason? I mean, I, I get that they want all their players to be complete, responsible hockey players. But at what point are you like, this kid's just not going to pan out for what we're trying to make him be? Plan B should be, I believe it should be plan A maximize his natural ability, which if it's goal scoring, how can we make this even better? You know, how can we get him to the NHL? And this is what he's known for instead, you know, and and some guys get it. It seems like Morgan Frost is starting to come around in that aspect. I think he's a year younger than Ratcliffe. Um, But it seemed like they tried to make, Isaac Ratcliffe into something that he wasn't. I mean, this guy is 6'6", 200 pounds soaking wet, which is, it's nothing. If you're 6'6", you need to be like 220, 230 at least. Um, They tried to change him into something that he wasn't. And I don't, I haven't watched him play with Milwaukee, but they're doing something different with him there than the Flyers were doing with him here. 13 points in 14 games. I think he had a four point night, which kind of padded his stats a little bit there, but we said it with frost four point nights, a four point night. That's still um, what? Nine and 13. Yeah. Still pretty solid. I think that may have beat his total with the phantoms. Nine and 13. <laughs> Let me just go back and check that here. Just, uh, I want to. I'll, I'll hop in. Like myself. you, you said it maximized this guy's skill and his ability. And like, I remember reading something when we drafted him, like his biggest weakness was those 50, 50 battles in the corner and along the boards. Well, they weren't really 50, 50 battles with him because he lost more than he won. And then I hear like, they're trying to turn him into a checker. It's like, you're, you're going completely away from what made this guy successful. And it made no sense to me. No, like, obviously, uh, obviously like, right. Right. But obviously, like to succeed in the NHL, he was going to have to develop a little bit of that side of his game. But like to force him into a checker when that's like not what he is at all makes zero sense. 
Yeah, and you want him to have confidence too. You don't want him to be struggling everywhere trying to make something. Let him do what he does right. Let him do that. Build some confidence and then work on the other aspects of his game. He knows what his weaknesses are. We had him on. There, It's what we've read. He's said it verbatim out of his own mouth. Played in a league where you weren't really using your body, so it didn't really matter. He's a finesse player. He he has the hands. He has a shot. Like Let him play his game. Develop the rest later. There's no need to force anything and i yeah it's just a perfect example when you talk about the flyers in their player development that's probably they probably did that a lot more than we realize and i'm not saying that he's going to turn around and turn into a nhl star or anything like that but and even still 9 and 13 is great still a very small sample size but it kind of makes you wonder kind of makes you shake you know scratch your head a little <laughs> like yeah. uh, what, what did we do wrong here you know for you sure definitely definitely you know something to keep an eye on Right, and, and I'm not – I didn't tweet that out to be like, oh, Flyers did something wrong here. I just saw it, and I was like, oh, Isaac Ratcliffe, point-per-game player with another team. You know, it's – what are they doing that they didn't do here? Maybe it was just a case of, you know, the guy needed to change his scenery. He's, he's with the organization for uh, six years now. They drafted him back in 2017. And he's only played 10 NHL games. Uh, wasn't getting a lot of playing time with the Phantoms this year. Only played in 26 games. Two goals, two assists for four points. Needed to change the scenery. You know, it wasn't going to happen here. Whoever didn't like... I'm not, I don't want to say didn't like him personally. But whoever... Uh, let's say Lappy and Jason Smith liked other players more than they did Isaac Ratcliffe. So Ratcliffe was basically buried here. And you just heard uh, Mike Brodzinski say opportunity is everything. And he's getting an opportunity with Milwaukee. I, I assume he's playing in, in a top six role to score 13 points in 15 games. Um, so he's getting an opportunity. And, hey, hopefully he makes the best of it out there. You know, hope hope he succeeds. And maybe next year we see him up with the Nashville Predators. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting. And, you know, Travi brought him up. So, um, yeah, who who knows? I mean, I, I had a couple comments on Twitter that, that were, oh, the Phantoms suck, you know, the Flyers can't develop, <laughs> yada, yada. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily true, <laughs> which is why I was like, you know, he got buried down the depth chart. He wasn't getting the opportunity anymore. The Phantoms are doing pretty decent this year. I think they're in the playoffs at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, some guys are developing. You might have heard of Tyson Forrester this year. Uh, Igor Zamula came up recently. He looked pretty good. Ronnie Adder's going to get a look. Uh, Sam Erson. You know, everyone wants to trade Carter Hart. He's the reason why kind of thing. I mean, so the Phantoms, they're developing. Isaac Ratcliffe just was not a priority for them anymore, unfortunately. And so I wish him success out in Milwaukee and eventually Nashville. But, uh, yeah, so uh, as we were talking, we mentioned Ronnie Adder's going to get a, a shot with the Flyers. Uh, I think he got in a couple of games last year. This isn't going to be his yes. regular season debut, is it? No, he's not. he came up last year. Yeah, you're right. 15, 15 games last year, two goals, two assists for four points. Uh, this is another guy that looked confident to me in camp, at least during interviews. Uh, you know, he kind of reminded me of uh, – you guys were did you guys watch Remember the Titans? you ever see that movie? A long time ago, but yeah. Didn't they get a quarterback? They called him Sunshine or something like that. <laughs> now, now, Adder's from Michigan, but he just exudes – you know, like positive positivity. Like this guy's got a smile on his face 24 seven, uh, very confident. Uh, I'm going to say borderline cocky 
but in a, a good way. I think you need to be a little co- a little cocky. Um, I don't want to say it's arrogance, but uh, he's very confident. I'll say that confident in a good way, not confident in a you know somebody needs to put this guy on his butt once or twice kind of thing. I, I I'm excited to see what Ronnie Adder can do. Former third uh, third round pick, 72 overall in 2019 uh are you guys expecting anything out of ronnie added going forward uh we'll start with jack here i just want to see what he did last year except for a little bit better there was definitely games he didn't look out of place there was games he looked good and there was games he kind of disappeared a little bit and even a couple of times had a couple of big you know mistakes if he could just do his best to limit that and show that he can play consistently in some capacity at the NHL level, it's very small sample size, but like we just said, opportunity is key. Um, that would be great. You know, there, he definitely looked pretty strong at some points. A lot of people are pretty high on him. Um, you know, everybody's corrected their saying of the name. It's no longer a tard. So that tells you right there <laughs> that uh, we like him because we're everybody's saying his name right now. So um, yeah, no, I'm, it's just another prospect. I'm excited to see what he can do and how he can, um, you know, just uh, help out the team and see where we go from there. I think that pretty much mirrors the way I feel too. Trav, you, you have anything in there you want to add? Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, you mentioned he played last year. That first game was one of the worst games I've ever seen play. And, it, you know, it's it's to be expected. He's a, he's a rookie defenseman. It, he shouldn't be criticized too much for it. But it was a rough game, and he had a couple rough games after that. But I think you said he played 15 games, like somewhere in the middle there. Like it, it was just flip of a switch, and he started like dominating on that third pair. And we'll see if he can do that this time around. It sounds like he's been really good with the Phantoms this year, but big right shot defenseman can skate, got a bomb of a shot, uh, really good friends with Wade Allison. This is probably the guy I'm highest on out of all the defensemen they have in the system. Wow. And I hope he has a good little stretch run here. I don't know how many games he's going to get. I don't know if Risto's done for the year. Maybe they're just calling him up for the week. They send him back down for the weekend. Um, but I hope he has a really good showing here because I'd like to see him uh, in the lineup opening night next year. I wonder if that's a possibility. So he's 24 years old. He just turned 24 on March 20th. So he's a young 24. Uh, but it's he's starting to get to that age uh, as a defenseman where, you know, the NHL is not too far off. Like he's going to be a regular. He should be a regular pretty soon. I think he's going to be fighting for a spot potentially next season for sure. He, right? he was one of the last cuts this year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe you can uh, come up and show out a little bit and then uh, – Obviously, the Phantom season's winding down as well. Maybe, you know, has a good playoffs. He's got 30 points in 64 games down in Lehigh this year, 11 goals and 19 assists. So, you know, pretty solid uh, defensive numbers, uh, pretty solid offensive numbers as a defenseman down there. He's plus nine as well. So getting it done on the defensive end. Uh, Right-handed shot, you know, the all-coveted, big (laughs) right-handed defenseman, right-handed shot, uh, 6'3", 208. That's what he's listed as. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if that's correct or not. I think he's pretty he's, big. Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh, 208 seems a little bit on the light side to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is another kid where, you know, it, he comes up and plays well. I don't think it's fluky. You know, I think he's got to, obviously he's got to play a full NHL season because, and there's going to be ups and downs, but, uh, I don't think we're too far off from, from seeing a, a regular in, in Ronnie Adderd. So Exciting stuff there. Hopefully he does well with his time with the Flyers. As I said earlier, only six games left, and uh, who knows how, how many games he's going to get in there. But anything we missed 
tonight, guys, that you'd like to add in before we wrap up this week's episode? Uh, well, we kind of talked about a failed prospect, Isaac Ratcliffe, scoring a lot of points down in the AHL. Phil Myers with the overtime winner a couple of nights Get ago out. in Syracuse. Get Couldn't out. crack the Lightning's team. He's still playing in the minors. They're doing well. I think he's doing well down there, but I think we all kind of expected him to be a good player in the NHL, not the AHL. Saw that yeah. saw that yesterday or two days ago. We still have officially lost that trade. It's official. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 27 points in 46 games for Myers with the Syracuse, uh, Syracuse Crunch. Seven goals, 20 assists. Um, yeah, pretty good season. That's good for me because he's on my uh, dynasty team just – <laughs> Taking up a spot on my roster, signed for two more seasons. So, Phil, if you could uh, really pick things up, that'd be great. Well, one thing I'm kind of curious about there is like he has like good advanced metrics in the in the NHL. Like you'd think someone like Arizona or some even even like a team like Tampa who is big on that kind of stuff, you'd think they'd like give him an extended run. I'm kind of like, wondering if he's buried down there for salary reasons. Yeah, I'm looking up his. I'm looking up his salary. I yeah, you might cut be off there, there, but I think he, he might be down there for salary reasons. Three three mil cap it. Oh is that what it is? Might yeah, be. two point two point five two point five five zero. So uh, next season it's one point four. So maybe they bring him back up for that. But that's a pretty hefty cap it for. I mean, I guess it is for a bottom pair guy. Uh, well, a team like Tampa, who's like not losing sure players right. left and right to their, their cup runs, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you pay, you're paying Vasilevsky 9.5, Victor Hedman 7.8, uh, Kucherov 9.5, Stankos 9.5. And all of a sudden it's tough to find 2.5 for a bottom pair D. Not if you're a, not if you're on the flyers though, you can find <laughs> 2.5 for a bottom pair guy easily. Um, oh yeah. Contract good, uh, ends after this season. Yeah. Good pickup right there, Trev. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, things change for Phil going forwards because, could use uh I could use them. Could use them on my fantasy team. Anything else, guys? Uh shout out to the legend Steve Coates. Ah, we didn't touch on that. Yeah. Mm. New new jerseys. Enough? I mean, what are we doing here, James? Oh man. See <laughs> we just there were so many topics to get to tonight. Uh yeah, Flyers. What's we're gonna talk about that. next week? Let's talk about that <laughs> next week. Yeah, because I'm sure by then there'll there'll be a new uh what do you call those things when when uh, not a collab. What's it called when somebody puts out a, a, a mock jersey? All right, just a look at me jersey. like you dumb guys. <laughs> I, I forget the word. I'm puzzled. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. As soon as the show ends, I'll remember what arc. they're called. But... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll talk about New Jersey's next week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. Uh, Flyers play tomorrow night in St. Louis. Um should be an interesting game. They beat St. Louis 5 nothing a long time ago now. Uh, Maybe and then we'll I see a Deloria Bennington fight. That would be cool. I mean, no, yeah, Bennington, something. They'll get Scored Bennington out of there before he ever gets to do anything. <laughs> He's a talker. That's about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He is a talker. That's for sure. All right. So Flyers 29-34-13. Uh, I mentioned they have the St. Louis Blues coming up tomorrow night. Schedule is now taking forever to load here. They have the Dallas Stars on Thursday, and then they have back-to-back games this weekend, Saturday, and Easter Sunday. They're in New York, the Islanders on Saturday, Boston Sunday, and then two games next week. So I guess we'll be back either Monday or Wednesday next week. 
And the Flyers will wrap up the regular season. So uh, we're going to wrap up tonight. So for Jack and Travis, I'm Jim. Everyone, thanks for hanging out. As always, thanks to our guest, Mr. Mike Brodzinski. The next time you catch us live, as I mentioned, will be next week. Take your vitamins, drink your green stuff, and let's go Flyers. Bob froze.